As you may know, in many cultures, the tradition of gift giving this time of year is actually more traditionally done on this day, the Feast of Epiphany. And it kind of makes more sense given the gospel narrative. It's when people come bringing gifts. Whereas for Christmas, the gift giving tradition came more out of a particular Northern European tradition with St. Nicholas and various complex historical traditions and modern culture. And so now we have gift giving on Christmas. But Epiphany is not only more fitting for this idea of gift giving, but also a little bit more mysterious if we look at these three magi and these gifts they brought. Because when the magi came, they were not giving gifts to any, other, any random persons. They were bringing gifts to God, to the Christ child. And giving gifts to God is interesting because theology tells us God has no need of our gifts. God does not gain anything by anything we offer to him but they did it anyway. And furthermore, the gifts that the Magi brought were in a sense, a bit useless. Sure, gold is valuable for money, but frankincense and myrrh, not very useful considering the Holy Family's situation. They might've been better off receiving perhaps an animal for food or bread or clothing for the newborn child. And various saints and fathers of the church have given us meditations on what these individual gifts might symbolize or represent. Um, they say that the gold, frankincense, and myrrh uh, refers to his priesthood, his kingship, and um, the, the myrrh to his humanity and his burial. All these sort of things are, are helpful and beautiful for meditation but not ultimately the point. The point is that the Magi brought gifts that were unique and proper to them. They were gifts that only the Magi could have brought. And the Magi gave the Lord their best, what was most valuable to them. They did not bring gifts from their surplus or leftovers. And this forms the pattern for our whole Christian lives. As we know, we're created uniquely, each and every one of us, in the image and likeness of God. And each of us, by our own existence, gives glory to God in a unique way that nobody else can. And furthermore, as baptized Christians, we are members of the body of Christ. And so just like a body has infinite amount of parts functioning in unique ways, so we too are each individual unique members of that body of Christ. And the body of Christ is not whole or complete until all members are fully functioning and acting in accordance with their gifts and their uniqueness. 
And this all forms furthermore the pattern specifically for our worship of God here at Mass. I think we've all heard comments from people we know who perhaps no longer practice their faith or go to Mass because they say, I don't get anything out of Mass, so I stopped going. How many of us have heard that before? I certainly have many times. But someone who says that is asking the wrong question because what we get out of Mass is not why we're here. It's not about what you get out of it. It's about what you give to it. What gifts are you bringing to the Lord? What are you offering to him? That's the point of Mass. And that's the question we need to be asking ourselves. Not what am I getting out of it, but what am I giving to it? To help us understand the Mass, I always reference the dialogue that we say with one another halfway through the Mass that I think encapsulates the whole meaning of Mass in these two sentences. Pray, brothers and sisters, that my sacrifice and yours may be acceptable to God the Almighty Father. Let's break that down. Pray, brothers and sisters, that my sacrifice and yours, not our sacrifice as the same as the former in, uh, English translation incorrectly said, um, not just my sacrifice that you watch, but my sacrifice and yours. And so what am I offering? Obviously, as the priest, I'm offering uh, the sacrifice upon the altar, sacramentally offering Christ to the Father, but you offer something as well. And your worship here is dependent on doing that. What is your sacrifice? Your sacrifice is your very being. And everything that you bring to this altar and uniting it with the priest's sacrifice, and that is together united and offered to the Father. And so you bring anything that you pray for, anything that is on your heart, and all of the sacrifices of your life that should culminate here at the altar, and that you should be able to go forth from here strengthened to sacrifice yourself for God and neighbor even more. And so when we do that, everybody's sacrifice here is unique and necessary. So everybody here as members of the body of Christ, as unique members, has something unique to offer. Each one of you offers something to God that only you can offer. And everybody's sacrifice is equally as important. And so the most intelligent, talented person here, his or her sacrifice is no more, no less important than the least intelligent person here. The sacrifice of the oldest person is no less, no more important than the youngest person's sacrifice. The sacrifice of the strongest person here is no less, no more important than the weakest person here. Our worship of God is only perfected when every single member of the body of Christ is offering him or herself fully in union with the whole body of Christ.
And so as long as St. Paul's Church is only fractionally full of, at Mass on Sundays, our worship is incomplete. It's not perfect until every member of the body of Christ is here offering themselves and their unique gifts in union with the priest, in union with Christ to the Father upon the altar. And then the response, may the Lord accept the sacrifice at your hands for the praise and glory of his name, for, my, for our good and the good of all his holy church. And that right there is why we come to Mass. Number one, for the praise and glory of his name. That's the number one reason. We don't come to Mass to get something from God. We come to Mass to offer sacrifice and praise to the Father. That is absolutely number one. And then second to that, we pray for our good and the good of all his holy church. In the liturgy of the hours today, one of the prayers says, the Magi hasten with their gifts to the royal wedding. The Magi hasten with their gifts to the royal wedding. What is the wedding? The wedding feast of the Lamb, of Christ with his bride and the church. And that's what we're participating in right here at Mass, that wedding feast of Christ and his church. And think about any wedding you would go to. You don't go to a wedding to get something out of it. You go bringing gifts to honor someone you love. And that's just what's happening right here. You are coming to this wedding feast of the Lamb with your gifts to honor the creator of the universe. And furthermore, that's why at Mass, it's not a coincidence that the offertory collection is taken up when it does at the beginning of the Eucharistic sacrifice. Because when that basket goes around, we're kind of at a loss with electronic giving, although we completely advocate that. When that basket goes around, you putting money in the basket should be symbolic of your gift offering to the Lord. Because the gift we offer God is not just purely spiritual. It should have tangible effects in our lives. The sacrifice we render God should be felt in our bodies, in, in our bodily existence. And so when you put that money in the basket, it should be a sacrifice. Because that's just a small symbol of the sacrifice of our lives that we should be giving day in and day out and that we lay upon the altar here at every mass. And same thing with a mass offering. If you wanna have a mass said for somebody that the mass is offered for, you make an offering of 10 or $15. And you're not paying for a mass because a priest can say a mass for anybody at any time, but it's symbolic of you desiring to offer a mass for somebody that you're putting something into it yourself and that you're taking a part of yourself in a unique way and contributing to the sacrifice of the mass. And so that's why it's customary to give a 10 or $15 contribution to have a mass celebrated. And so in a word, it's not about you and it's not about me. It's about offering what you offer and what you sacrifice. 
and that what you and me bring together to the Lord at this Mass. Now, that all being said, Christian worship is not an impersonal or purely self-effacing act. And this gets to the heart of the mystery of divine charity. In giving to God, we always receive in return. In giving, we always receive. And so our growth in charity is all about giving of ourselves more and more without regard to what we're getting in return. And the more I can set aside my ulterior motives and what I want from God, the more I can just give purely, the more I actually get in return in the end. And it might not be a tangible benefit like a Christmas present or even something noticeable in the moment, but we always get something in return when we offer ourselves to God. Because when we worship God well, we're properly orienting our lives toward Him. And when our hearts are rightly ordered, then that order carries over into our daily lives and into the world around us. So as you come before the Lord at this Mass, give to Him the offering of your whole heart. Picture Mary standing at the cross. She wasn't just standing there as a spectator watching Jesus. She was offering her whole self alongside of him, uniting her heart to his sacrifice. Come worship the Lord with confidence that you have something that only you can offer. Place it on the altar with the bread and the wine and the Holy Spirit will transform it and unite it with the perfect offering of Christ to the Father. Like the three magi, give the Lord your best, those things that you hold closest to your heart, and he will bless you with even more in return.